Welcome to the People in Supply Chains podcast, where we share the best strategies to help you take control of your supply chain to reduce costs and improve customer experience. I'm your host, David Andrews. Thanks for joining us today, wherever you're at, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or Spotify. Um, Thank you for joining us again. This is part two of five ways Amazon is changing the manufacturing industry forever. We're joined today again by Tony Tony Tata, SEO of eShipping. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for joining us again. Yep. So last time was part one of this series, and we'll go through what we talked about last time just real quickly, and then we have three more topics uh, to discuss today. So we'll get right into it. Yeah, let's do it. Last time we learned that 80% of B2B buyers expect the same experience they receive on the consumer side when ordering online uh, from your company. We also know that companies are switching suppliers for a more consumer-like experience. So talk to me a little bit about uh, the recap of last week and what was the biggest focus because we know that the Amazon effect is important. Mm-hmm. The Amazon effect is affecting businesses. Right, right. So talk to me about that. Yeah, I, th- I think the... Um basics of what we talked about were um, digging deeper into the supply chain, the different segments of it, and figuring out uh, how you can maximize your leverage on the controllables. Sometimes that means adding more options into it, uh, but but being realistic of what's there. Um, I think the other the other key piece of it was um, that seemed to really cover a lot of that was focus where you're going to put your labor, where you're going to put your effort. Um, Elizabeth Dixon from Chick-fil-A, automate the transactional, elevate the personal, mm-hmm. and um, really control the experience that your supply chain is yielding to your customers. That's fantastic. And so to go along with that, we asked ourselves a couple of questions. <clears throat> what can manufacturers, distributors, and suppliers do about this shift, which is what mm-hmm. we just talked about? Um, we asked ourselves what are practical examples of strategies to create an e-commerce buying experience like Amazon, like the B2C world because there's there's no line. I mean, B2C right. and B2C, it, it really should be the same in most cases. And then we asked ourselves, how can we plan ahead and adapt for these changes? Um, so the two learnings last episode were, number one, we can be creative for how we charge for shipping. And then number two, we can provide best in class service levels. I would like to uh, ask you real quick to go over best in class again, because you had a really good point that I think everyone needs to hold on to is what is best in class. Uh, talking about expectations of the customer. Mm-hmm. customer Expectations met uh, equal expectations exceeded. Yeah, I think the, uh, the idea is some, some people think best in class means cutting edge, bleeding edge of everything. And, the best know, technology. Could be, could yeah. be. And, and the reality is um, maybe that's best or latest, but does it really translate into a an experience change for the customer. And so really aligning and understanding what that expectation is so that you can target the operations uh, and and result of that supply chain toward those expectations, that's really what creates the result of um, when I walk away as a customer or a consumer, uh, that best-in-class experience. That's fantastic. So we have three more to talk about, three, four, and five. Um, to help you uh, take on the Amazon effect and the changes that it's um, giving us in the industry. So number three uh, is we can empower customers 
with buying options. We can empower customers with buying options. Mm -hmm. So our audience is customers. Right. They can empower them with buying options. There's a couple ways to do this. Uh, we can uh, give them options to consolidate their orders. We can uh, help with automatic restocking. We can simplify the user interface and help a shopping experience become more accessible. Sometimes um, the interfaces look old and kind of <laughs> right. Windows 95-esque, right? We, right. Can, we can move out of that, and that, that creates a better uh, consumer experience. And then finally, we can uh, give visibility to buying trends and recommended purchases. Um, so those are a couple. Let's talk about uh, pick one, and let's, let's go for it. Well, first of all, I, I look at the list, and, and those are all great options and um, tactics, I would say, uh, that you're trying to achieve. In the context of how all of this is changing the overall experience and the operation and responsibilities of manufacturer, um, flexibility and communication are super key. Um, and, and that's no longer okay just in my four walls, but really within every participating party in that supply chain. Um, and when I talk about uh, flexibility and communication, it's not, not just the transfer of data, but it's also an understanding. How are you, how is your business allowing customers to access your goods? How do they want to? Um, not just about freight, but um, from a consumer standpoint. If I understand how consumers want to interact with my product as, mm -hmm. and goods, then I can, I can deliver it. And, and that's part of that, the last point you brought up as far as best in class experience, because you know, expectations set, met equals client satisfaction. Um, one of the one of the thoughts that I had here has to do with um, how we best provide options for our customers. So you know, depending on the business, it, it could be subscription discounts, right, versus uh, frequency and how I set my pricing and and delivery model to that. It could have to do with um, online access versus bricks and mortar. Uh, do I want to pick it up or do I want it shipped to me? There's a variety of areas when you say, how do, how do people want to consume my product or receive it? And then I can communicate and create flexibility of interaction appropriate to whatever product or good we're talking about at the moment. That's fantastic. And so then when you look at it with, then, with those lenses, I think, you know, the, the automatic restocking, um, the, the forecasting and visibility, it allows you different options to then back into the operation of your business most efficiently, um, but starts with the end in mind. That, that's a great transition to our fourth point, which is we can forecast and plan better. Yeah. Right? A couple ways to do this, distribution mapping analysis, forecasting inventory levels, uh, reducing expedited shipments, which I know sometimes it's easy to ship those out last minute because you Correct. don't plan correctly, and that um, is more expensive, right? So if we can lower that, uh, that helps a lot. And then real-time data for order volume. So talk about how we can forecast and plan better. Yeah, well, again, back to control the controllables. Mm -hmm. You're going to have things like, um, 
you know, an extended Chinese New Year coronavirus that that completely that's are disrupting big, that's a big the, one the happening right chain. now. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, don't forget, there's orders sitting in place before all of this hit, and there are consumers or manufacturers that they're going to be put in a position where they're absolutely going to have to air and expedite stuff in to keep production going and fill right. fill client orders that they have. So that's a non-controllable. You have to throw the the levers that you can at that moment. But within what you can do, um, and I'm going to continue to go back to the point and start with the end in mind, what is the client base, the market segment that I'm designed to serve, where are they located? Um, and then that allows you to understand what type of strategy do you want? Do I need to have forward stocking locations for my inventory? Do I need to have different distribution points? Um, and are those optimized to service uh, my network? From then, you also then can go through the, the variety of, of freight, shipping, movement of good uh, services, carriers, modes that will best operate that. And so uh, the best visibility, consistent from supply to consumption, will allow you to monitor the flow of orders, the status of goods, and then uh, the fulfillment of those orders in a timely fashion. Or do you need to adjust? Right. So we mentioned the coronavirus. Um, sometimes you have to get those expedited orders out, right? Right, right. Um, is there any other ways that specifically we can plan for that? Obviously, that's not controllable. But in the future, let's say 2021, um, something might hit like that again. Maybe it's, maybe it's more tariffs, whatever the case is. Uh, have you seen when talking with clients and, and um, those out in the industry, is there a practical way to budget for that, to plan for that, to forecast for that? Yeah, I mean, I think anytime you get into uh, hypotheticals and what ifs, First of all, they never end. And second of all, we could spend all day planning for them. Right. And we can only do what we can do. And I think um, reasonable inventory levels, reasonable uh, orders ahead of time. Uh, but how about supplier evaluation, right? Yeah. Are you too dependent on suppliers that are in these at-risk regions? Do we have any type of diversification that if we needed to get in a position and, and change that, we could redirect? Does my current um, freight forwarder or, or carrier even provide services in that? And being able to model, have options, allows you to react to the unknown when it comes. Mm. I, I can't mm-hmm. tell the future. If you can, man, let's have a conversation <laughs> offline. But um, having the options and understanding what I'm here to do most efficiently uh, allows me to make those, those choices and adjust to realities. Now, the reality is, so many people are um, focused in the daily processing of their business. It's very difficult to create the, the bandwidth and the time to get above the weeds and start, start having a higher level thinking. And so everything we're talking about today, uh, it's not a switch to flip. Uh, it doesn't just happen, but it's a process of, of working from uh, the end back in your supply chain to uh, streamline what you can in order to focus on these types of strategies that we're talking about. Mm, that's fantastic. Great point there. So forecasting. Uh, talk to me about uh, distribution mapping analysis. What what have you seen there that really helps? It, it kind of plays into forecasting and planning better, but it's, it's really, correct me if I'm wrong, it's taking what you have and optimizing it so that in the future uh, 
you can be better uh, operationally sound uh, within the supply chain. I think that's right. Um, you know, again, everything starts with, with the variable inputs. But what is, who's your customer base? Where are they located? What is your distribution model? How did you answer the questions of um, the, the best ways your customers want to consume or receive your product? And then aligning a distribution network that allows you to best execute that. Um, some companies answer that with having multiple manufacturing sites. Other companies answer that by saying, I'm going to centralize everything so I can be efficient with my inventory, mm -hmm. but I can respond uh, as fast as possible mm -hmm. from that standpoint. You have customers that are, that are producing to inventory stock, and you have others that are producing to order in more of a, a just-in-time type of a model. And so mm -hmm. um, you, you start with the realities and constraints of your product and how it's consumed, how it's created, and then go from there. But you receive those. Mm -hmm. Understanding, again, your options to know what do I want to move towards is best. And so having a, a partner that can help model different realities and understand if I had a distribution point in the Northeast, could I react to something more quickly in the customer base? If I was able to increase my, my business uh, in the in the West Coast, what would that look like? I spoke to a shipper the other day, mm. and they literally in the Midwest and, and East Coast have a strong presence, but very very little presence in the whole West Western Hemisphere of the United States, and really it's uh, hindered by the the cost of freight. And so by the time customers are forced to order such big quantities to justify it when it comes to freight, it just is extremely limiting. So they're in the process of modeling. What would it look like if I stocked there? And what would the freight be? And if I was able to allow for smaller orders, how would that enable business? Those are the types of scenarios that allow freight to become a business enabler, a competitive edge, not just a cost of, of operation. Mm -hmm. Not a necessary evil, right? That's it's how you called put worse. It. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so that's, that's a great point. Distribution modeling, mapping, analysis. If any of our listeners have not checked that out, or thinking about that, that's a big, big win. So that's number four, which is we can forecast and plan better. Our last one is we can access visibility into order status for customers. And last episode, part one, you really hung on to the visibility part, yeah. right? And and that's a big problem. Manufacturers, distributors, and suppliers really have uh, trouble most of the time, especially with inbound too. Outbound, it might be a little bit easier in some cases, but uh, having visibility and giving that visibility to customers. So a couple things, um, we can give visibility to inbound materials uh, uh, and our, the inbound production line, the, the supplier line. Uh, we can be notified or uh, notify our customers when an order has been shipped out, right? right? Uh, we can offer a level of transparency. So talk to me about the big one because we love visibility here. Right. Um, so talk to me about this, this last point. Yeah, so um, visibility, and I, the, the point specifically is uh, through the manufacturer's production schedule on products, stretching out visibility from the point of, of supply to the point of consumption is a phrase that I've used frequently. From the purchase order to the Absolutely. final delivery. Absolutely. So just think logically about what happens. The purchase order is cut. It goes to a supplier. They have to then act, unless they're sitting on inventory, which very rarely they are, mm -hmm. and they, they organize that. But can I have actual visibility as to what stage it is? Is it going to be uh, fulfilled in full or in part? 
Um, how do I interact most efficiently so when they think they're going to come in short, I can approve or disapprove and keep that process going? If it's a, a foreign supplier, uh, that visibility allows me to best schedule my, my onboarding to, uh, to import and have containers ready. Do I have SKU level visibility as that, that container's floating? And how do I compare that with my, my received inventory levels? So that as sales orders are coming in for outbound and I run into an out of stock, I want to know exactly where it is and how I can intercept it and make the best decision. And that, that global visibility of the, the distribution chain, uh, we refer to it as the, the global data view, if you will, mm-hmm. becomes actionable when I can interact at each segment of that distribution chain in order to make an actionable choice. And that actionable choice is 100% of the time focused on more, most efficiently operating my business and servicing the customer. And, and that, that global visibility allows me way more uh, foresight and time horizon to act than simply products on my dock getting out to my customers. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. That, that helps us. What we're all about here at People in Supply Chains, reduce costs and improve customer experience. Yep. That's the improve customer experience That's exactly part, right. Right? And so big stuff, big stuff here. So to sum it all up, um, we can create, uh, be creative for how we charge for shipping. We can provide best-in-class services. We can empower customers with buying options. We can forecast and plan better. We can access visibility into order status um, visibility for customers. Right. Those are the five. Um, obviously, a lot more in depth, but... A lot that goes into that. I think we did a great job explaining, and uh, you did a great job explaining. Um, So at the end here, we can move forward. Uh, Manufacturers must think about the experience, the buying experience online um, or brick and mortar um, for their own company. Put yourselves in your customer's shoes. Um, We must align our own supply chain to match the customer expectations. And then, you know, obviously... um, this evolution of B2C shopping will continue to influence the expectations in the B2B world. Right. So those are the major findings. What else do you have, sir? You know, I think that that uh, that's a pretty good summary, David. I would say it appears that the supply chain is continuing to flatten and will continue to do so as consumers gain access and direct access to the source of goods. Um, and, and the online platform is literally enabling this. Mm -hmm. For instance, you don't know when you're looking on your phone and you buy a shirt, did you just buy it from a DC 15 miles down the road or 15,000 miles across the, the globe? Um, and the most competitive players right now in the, the realm of manufacturing should be thinking not only about the operation of their business, but how best to align their, their distribution chain to offer value to all parties all the way to the point of consumption. That will allow them to have a unique uh, value proposition, staying power, and sustainability uh, in creating the best customer experience. Love it, man. Thank you so much for joining us again, Tony. And if anybody has any questions, would love to reach out to us. Feel free to email us at connect at people and supply chains podcast.com. Um, hey, and give us a five-star rating on Apple, on Spotify, and look us up on YouTube. Share it with your friends and uh, family. I don't think family <laughs> cares about the supply chain, but 
feel free to share it. That'd be awesome. Thanks for joining us, Tony. Absolutely. Thank you.